It's been uh, a crazy week in Northwest Arkansas. Would y'all agree? Um, <laughs> I was encouraged by this passage, and I was like, I probably should talk really shortly today. Um, but then I changed my mind, so uh, I'm kidding. Hey, if you are new, there's a Connect card in the seat in front of you, the seat back. If you would grab that and fill it out, we would love to get to know you a little bit. And if you make a decision today for Christ, please let us connect with you. And you can put that in the boxes in the back. And I do want to say tonight in this place, everybody say tonight. At 5.30, we have an Empty Nesters event, and let me say this, we are about to turn up, okay? I say we, but I'm not an Empty Nester, but I know, man, y'all are about to party, and it's going to be fun. They are grilling out and having a game night, and I just want to encourage you uh, to come check that out. It's going to be a good time, 5.30 tonight. It's going to be in the foyer and outside, and uh, they're going to have some fun. Who has enjoyed the series that we just came out of? Who is Jesus? It was pretty awesome. Um, I think it's, uh, there's not a better time than to talk about who Jesus is and who we are in Christ. Uh, I loved it. I, I was able to see a lot of people come to know Jesus. People find their identity in him. Uh, people rekindling a fire from their past and following Jesus, getting connected and and uh, getting involved over the last several weeks. We had a Connect class, and it was awesome. We saw so many families getting connected to the things of God, and uh, it's been exciting. But in Northwest Arkansas, um, I will say this. I have never seen seven days in my entire life where we saw all four seasons of weather, okay? Um, warm weather, cold weather, uh, a blizzard, okay, uh, and then a tornado. I'm like, this is insane uh, what this week has, has held, and I've never experienced that, but this is what I want to say and start off the message with is that after the tornado hit, this church moved into action. And I was so encouraged. I didn't even know that a tornado had hit. Uh, a lot of the places didn't even have sirens go off. And Kendra and I, you know, we knew that the wind was blowing and it, it was a little crazy, but I got up here to the office and, and I started getting texts and people were saying, are are y'all okay? And I'm thinking, yeah, we're, you know, everything's okay. And then I, I started watching the news and seeing the, the pictures and the videos. And it, it was, it was crazy, but this church, I, I have never, since I've been here in four months, have not been this proud of this body of believers. Y'all moved in faith. Y'all stepped up to the plate. And let me say, y'all knocked it out of the park. And I have been so excited. Y'all thousands of meals have been served. Trees being cut down, hauled away, removed off houses, debris, debris being moved, and people being prayed for. Y'all, we had 48 hours of door-to-door -door ministry in Springdale. People literally knocking on doors saying, do y'all need some food? Can we pray for you? Do you have a need? I'm talking about giving blankets and clothes and money and beds and TVs and diapers and, and dog food. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Y'all have been the hands and feet of Jesus this week. And I just want to say that I'm so proud of you. Would y'all give it up for yourselves really quick? You've done amazing. And I, I do want to say this. So we have a truck that just arrived from Virginia. And um, it, there's 26 pallets full of water and all kinds of emergency supplies to serve the community. Um, and it was supposed to arrive between 9 and 10 a.m. I don't know if you know this, but that's right now, okay? Um, and so we actually coordinated for it to be delivered to the, the neighborhood that we've been serving. Um, in Springdale right there at Venmark. 
and I got a call right before service, and Dakota, we got we need to bless him. He is out there, and he had coordinated with a, a forklift and a few other things. The forklift wasn't there this morning. And so he calls me. He says, hey, man, the semi-truck's on the way to the church. <laughs> and I said, oh, no. So I was running around. A few of us were trying to figure something. We were all about to go unload a semi-truck in Jesus' name in the parking lot. So y'all need to thank Dakota. He made it happen. Dakota, if you watch this, we love you. And uh, just want to say thank you. And that service would have looked a little bit different. And we would have got sweaty in Jesus' name. All right. Today is a really simple message, and this week's been a little crazy, so if the preaching's bad, I can blame it on the tornado. Um, and I, I just want to give like a rally cry today. Is that okay? Can I preach a little bit today? I, I'm a little excited. Uh, my heart is beating fast. This is like a pregame speech, okay? Like a half, anybody play sports, you get a coach that was kind of getting crazy during halftime, maybe he headbutted you a little bit. Um, this is the talk you have with your kids before you go visit someone's house that you don't know. It's like, don't touch anything, don't break anything, don't do anything stupid, okay? It's like a serious talk because we are approaching Easter, and, and this is what I believe is on Easter Sunday, I believe the Lord is wanting us to go after some people. I believe the Lord is wanting us to be bold in our faith and maybe step out of our comfort and, and go after some people who may have fallen out of the window of the church. Maybe they've fallen away from the things of God. Maybe they got discouraged in the last couple years, and, and maybe you'll be the person that gives them the invitation to come back. And I believe God's about to do something really amazing in this community. I believe that this Sunday, as I was up here praying last night, I was like, God, I just need a word. I don't know what to talk about. We'll just, I'm going to preach Amir's message from last week, okay? Like, I don't know what to do. And so this is what I believe today is for. It's for alignment. Everybody say alignment. And assignment. Say assignment. Alignment and assignment. I want us to be aligned and reassigned to the simple mission of the gospel. The simple mission of inviting people. I want to start by asking you a question today. Have you ever been in a situation where somebody entrusted you with something or someone, but they left out some important details before doing so. Anybody ever been in a situation? Maybe you were babysitting someone's kid and they didn't tell you they had food allergies. Okay, like an important detail, right? Maybe you were hired to do a job, but you were like, they didn't tell me how to do anything. I just had to figure it out. Maybe you were given a task without the tools. For me, uh, when Kendra and I got married, we wanted a dog. Where are my dog people at? Y'all are, I know, proud. Where's my cat people? Meow, meow. Okay. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> I don't know why I meowed. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> see you guys later. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Raise your hand if you want a dog. Okay. Okay. Raise your hand if you want to get rid of your dog. I'm playing matchmaker today. All right. Yeah. yeah people are like, hey, I got a poodle. Okay. Chihuahua. All right. We wanted a dog, but. I, we wanted to be responsible adults before we got a dog. So what we did was we decided to dog sit for some friends. We had some friends. Uh, his name is Rudy, and he's a good friend of mine. He was uh, going on a cruise with his family, and they had a, a weenie dog, okay? And, and it's very important you know um, he was a low rider. He was obese. Um, his, his stomach dragged the ground a little bit. And <laughs> have y'all seen these dogs before? It's amazing. Uh, they can't really roll, roll over. But anyways, his name was DJ. And I just want to say, we knocked it out of the park. We aced it. I'm this dog loved us. 
We were going on walks. We were doing tricks. I wasn't doing tricks. He was. And um, we were cuddling up on the couch. I'm talking about we had a connection, okay? Cloud nine. And everything was perfect until the last hour, the final hour, the final countdown. Rudy had just got back from their cruise. They were on their way from Little Rock uh, to come. And, and basically, they were uh, going to come pick the dog up. And, and my, I was sitting on the couch with my brother. And uh, me and Ricky were having a serious conversation. And uh, this, I'm, I'm rubbing the, the dog's belly. And this dog rolls off the couch. DJ stopped, dropped, and rolled, okay? And he rolled off the couch. He lands on his back. And I cannot repeat the noises he was making. Because you would leave the church, okay? Like, he was hyperventilating, and he was like, ah, ah, and I was like, if dogs could be possessed, this is what it sounds like, you know? So I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do. And so all I can think to do was to call Rudy and tell him his dog's about to die. And so I call Rudy, and I'm like, Rudy, your dog's about to die. What is going on? And he's like, what happened? I'm like, he rolled off the couch, and he's on his back. My brother's laughing. I'm like, you're sick. And, and I'm like, Rudy, what do I do? And he says, oh. I forgot to tell you. And I'm like, you left a detail out. I forgot to tell you. DJ's had several back surgeries. <laughs> and if he lands on his back, he will bite you. Don't touch him. And I'm like about to, I'm trying to like touch him. And he's like, ah, ah. keep in mind, he's on his back. He can't move, you know, he's, he's a little, little big. And <laughs> he said, don't touch him. And oh, make sure you get a blanket, wrap him up in a blanket. I'm like, am I making a hot dog? What is going on? Like, and he says he's about to throw up everywhere. Me, y'all, he, this dog starts puking all over the place. And I'm like, what did I sign up for? We didn't get a dog for a while, okay? Um, <laughs> and, and, but listen, I, I was like, why in the world would you not tell me the most important detail? You left out arguably the most important thing. And this is what I know about following Jesus and my short journey of faith of the last 10 or 11 years is that we can live for God, we can do amazing things for Christ, and sometimes we can leave out the most important detail. We can do all of these things, and then we forget about all of the people who haven't experienced what we've experienced. You didn't know you could preach about a weenie dog. You can. Listen, I, I think that as we approach some of the last days, as we approach some of the most crazy times in history and politics and the economy and the world and the church, out of everything I could tell you today, I want to tell you this. Throw your life, and I want you to write this down, throw your life at what matters the most. Throw your life at what matters the most. Be very careful about what you're giving your attention, your time, your finances, and your energy to. Throw your life at what matters the most. I believe as a church, we are turning a corner. I believe we are turning a page as the church. I believe God is moving in this place, and he's going to continue to do so. He's going to be bringing people who are in desperate need of a Savior, and, and you get to be a part of it. We get to be a part of it, and y'all, God is calling people to ministry, calling people out of darkness and into the light. People, you know, I've, I've talked with some husbands this past week, and they're serving their wives again. They're dating their wives again. I've talked to parents who are stepping back up to the plate and parenting their kids again. Uh, addictions that are being broken off in Jesus' name. Guys sitting in my office saying, I'm done with this. I'm going to live for Christ. I've been having conversations with life group leaders who are leading people to Jesus in their homes. We talked about this months ago. Y'all remember this? 
God is doing it. God is moving. He's filling people with his spirit, and I believe he's pouring his spirit out. I just keep saying this. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. And our, our founding pastor always jokes about if, if God starts pouring his spirit out across the street at another church, your brother's going over there. Like, I'm going, we're going to go where God is moving, and I believe God is moving in this place, and we get to be a part of it. Don't miss this. Out of everything I could tell you today, out of everything you could tell the community and, and do in northwest Arkansas, can we make an agreement today? Can we align and reassign ourselves to the simple mission of the gospel? Let's reach people for Jesus. It's all about souls. And I love this story because Paul threw his life at what matters the most. He threw his life on top of Eutychus. And, and everyone said that he was dead. But Paul said there's life in him. There's life in him yet. And I just want us to be a church that doesn't throw our life at meaningless things, temporary things, worldly things. But we can make a move in faith and throw our life at something that matters. Amen? So we're going to dive back into this text in Acts 20. In verse 7, it says that on the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul began talking to them, intending to leave the next day, and he prolonged his message until night or until midnight. And it's interesting, they were having church. I just want y'all to get a picture. Like imagine somebody was sitting up on top of the balcony up here. Everybody looked back there in the corner. He's just sitting up there, Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall, right? Like it's, it's crazy to think about the actual picture of what is happening. And, and Paul was teaching them. And, and the reason that he was taking so long, it wasn't because Paul was long-winded. Y'all don't miss this. The reason Paul kept talking on and on and on was because he knew his life was at stake for the gospel. The reason he kept preaching and kept teaching and talking about the things of God was because he knew that his time with these people was very limited and short. What if we viewed life the same way? The way that Paul views life, like my time here is short. If we believe the Bible is true, which I do, that, that life is a vapor, it's a mist, it's here today and it's gone when? Tomorrow. We're not promised anything and I think we are living, we got a real life example of what just happened this week that we don't know what's going to happen. So Paul keeps talking to them and, and persevere and endure and stay true to the things of God. He wanted to leave them with something. It says in the next verse, there were many lamps in the upper room where we were gathered together. And there was a young man named Eutychus. His name means good fortune, which is very humorous because he falls out of a window, uh, three stories and um, not very fortunate. But sitting in a windowsill, sinking into a deep sleep. And as Paul kept talking and talking and talking, and he was overcome by sleep, and he fell down from the third floor, and don't miss this, he was picked up what? Dead. They, they pronounced him dead, and I, I just made note that the world may say something about you, but just because the world labels you as something, and the world stamps you as something, and, and you're recognized and known by your past mistakes, when you start following Jesus, those things are just a platform and a way to tell people what God has rescued you from. You once were, but you no longer have to be. The world may say that I'm dead, but I could care less what the world has to say. And he, he says there's life in him yet. Now, here's the deal. I've preached some really short messages. I've preached good messages and really bad ones. I've got, I could show you. It's like really bad and it's cringy to go back and watch. But I have never preached 
a message and killed someone. Like, <laughs> I just was thinking about this. I'm like, man, Paul, you really knocked it out of the park. I did one time uh, preach a message and forgot what I was talking about. Um, have y'all ever done this in the middle of talking with someone? You just black out. It's really embarrassing when you do that in front of a couple uh, hundred or thousand people. Um, uh, what's funny is some of the leaders that served in the youth ministry are actually here today. It was my first uh, couple months in youth ministry. We were talking about the vine and being connected to the vine and the branches, and he's the vine and we're the branches, all this stuff. So I'm all fired up. We got all these students, and, and I'm just telling knock-knock jokes and fart jokes and then weaving Jesus in, you know. And so and I had this tree that was backstage, and, um, I, and this was, it was a really puny tree, and my notes were over there, and I kept going back to this tree, and I was cutting off branches. Okay, kind of gruesome, but just go with me. Um, and as I was cutting off branches of this tree, I forgot what, what I was doing. And so it's this little tree, and it's got like 25 branches, and y'all, I just kept cutting them off. And then I had a mic, and what I was trying to say is that we, if we're not connected to the vine, we have no life. We have no, but this is what I did, is I said, you see this tree? This is what we look like sometimes, <laughs> just naked and afraid, you know, <laughs> disconnected, let's pray. And so like everybody, we just ended service. It was embarrassing, okay? But I've never killed anyone. He fell down from the third floor and he was picked up dead. But Paul, everybody say, but Paul. But Paul went down and he fell upon him and he, after embracing him, he said, do not cry do not be troubled, for there is life in him yet. There's life in him. I wonder how different the church would look if we could be like Paul when, when crisis strikes. And now we did see the church respond this week when there was a devastating crisis. But what about the crisis of someone that leaves and falls away from their faith? Well, what about the crisis of lost people being in our city that we see every day, but we don't even really recognize them? What about the crisis of people literally the last two years? I don't know if you know this, but I would say about 50% of the church as a whole has completely disconnected. And I just wonder what would happen if we decided today to move towards the pain and stop stiff-arming it. And I'm preaching to myself because this is it's hard to do. This is a simple thing, but the simple things aren't always the easy things. Would y'all agree? The gospel, I believe that we would see people come back to Jesus, come back to church, come back to their callings. And it says when he had gone back up, he broke bread and they ate. And he talked with them a long while until daybreak. And then he left. They took away the boy alive. And they were greatly comforted. I've got a few things I want you to write down. I've got three ways that we can respond when someone falls away. Three ways that we can respond when someone falls away. Number one, we can see it and cry about it. Write it down. See it and cry about it. This is a spectator. This is a spectator. Everyone at this church service on this day that we just read about, they just watched. And I don't know if y'all realize this, but when Paul went down and threw himself on Eutychus, he said, stop crying. Dead people don't cry. He wasn't talking to Eutychus. He was talking to the rest of the people who were watching from afar, who had an emotional response, but stood still. He said, stop crying. There's, there's life in him. This is what I wrote down is that they were aware, but all they did was stare. 
Have y'all ever noticed like when something crazy happens, there's, there's two groups of people. Some people just stare at what happened and some people like are, are aware they just stare and some people move into action. Some people, they, they say, there's a need, I'm gonna meet the need. There's somebody that, that needs prayer, I'm gonna pray for them. What if we could be people that stop saying, I'm gonna pray for you and we prayed for them? Like, like not when we leave here, I'm gonna say hypothetically that I'm praying. No, what if we said, hey, do you mind if I pray for you right now? Move in action. Don't just stare, but move. I, I remember one time, have y'all ever got stuck in a roundabout and didn't really know what to do? The, if you've been to Conway, Arkansas, you have done this, okay? It's just around and around and around and around. I remember my car died in the middle of one of those things. And you would have thought everyone in Conway was an atheist. Like, I was like, I, I was stuck in the middle of this thing and people were just blaring their horns. I'm outside trying to push this car. I'm in college and I'm mad at people. This is before I got saved. So I was doing some other stuff, you know. <laughs> Use your imagination. And I got this car, this beat up little Honda Accord. And y'all, my car was dead. It was locked up and I'm pushing and not one person got out and helped me, right? And so I push it, and people are honking their horn. Get out of the road, you loser. And I'm like, what is wrong with people? There's a difference of staring and, and actually moving into action. None, none of these people moved a muscle but Paul. The Bible says that the people of the church, they were watching and, and they were crying. They had an emotional response to what was, having, uh, what was happening. And he said, no more crying. There's life in him. The second response is this. We, we could see it and, and we could cry about it or we could see it and we could just talk about it. This is what I see in the church more than ever before. And, and this isn't to anybody directly, I do this too, but we see something and all we do is talk about it. This is a commentator. So we have a spectator, we watch, and we have a commentator, we watch and we talk about it. This is what it looks like. I'm sure immediately, I'm just, I'm speculating a little bit, but immediately when he falls out of the window, I bet some people in the church were like, well, maybe he shouldn't have stayed up so late. Well, I wonder what he did last night. I wonder if he deserved it. Or we get on, I'm sure some of those people got, if they had Facebook, would have got on there, Eutychus fell out the window. I wonder why, you know. It's like religion. Like, I'm, what is going on? They start whispering, and I'm assuming that people even judged Paul. Why is he stopping to preach the message? We got to hear the word. Why is he going to help somebody? We almost paused the middle of this message today and had all the men stand up and go unload the truck, okay? Like, we were about to do it. I was like, dear Lord, be here. I don't know what to do. He, he gets up and he moves into action. The longer that I live for God, the more that I see so many people that want to talk about Jesus but not walk in the things he says to do. And I don't want this to be a condemning thing. I want it to convict us and to move us into action. Because I want to see people moving. I don't want to just hear people talking. Matthew 15, it says, these people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Y'all, I want my heart to be close to Jesus. I, I don't always get it right. I drop the ball sometimes. Sometimes I feel like God is leading me to do something and I stiff arm him. I go help that person. Go pray for that person. Hey, text this person and check on them. But sometimes I get so prideful, I just do what Seth wants. He moves into action. So we don't wanna just see it. We don't wanna just cry about it. We don't wanna just talk about it. Number three, see it 
and be about it. This is the Jacksonville coming out of me. I used to be a fighter, not a lover, okay? See it and be about it. Like, like do so, everybody say do something. Do something. Like, like do something. Y'all, I remember back at school, if somebody's bowing up on you, you'd be like, do something about it. Do something then. You know what I'm saying? And then you get punched in the face, get slapped. Uh, Will Smith, I'm sorry. <clears throat> All right. Too soon, too soon. With the keys, maybe it wasn't the right thing. I'm sorry, Andrew. <laughs> Confess and be healed. He doesn't, he's, I don't even know if he hears me. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is what James 1 says. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at their face in a mirror and after looking goes away and immediately forgets what they look like. I've almost read this verse every weekend since we moved up here because I want to see people that read the word and do what it says. The simplicity of the God, do, hear the word and do what it says. I don't know what to do. Hear the word, read the word, get this word inside of my heart and I'm going to do what it says. Simple as that. Doesn't mean it's easy, but it's simple. It says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. I, I was uh, in the office praying earlier and I was thinking about, we wouldn't have the Saul to Paul conversion. By the way, um, I didn't know all the Bible stuff when I first got involved in church. I didn't grow up in church, but a little back history. Saul, Paul was Saul before. He got radically converted. He was literally going around and persecuting and killing Christians. And, and I just want to say, one time in church, I, I was trying to get volunteers for our youth ministry, and I said something really stupid. It embarrassed me, and I, and I was trying to get volunteers. And I said, basically, if you haven't killed somebody, you could come serve. Y'all want to know the person I met the next day? Someone who killed someone? And he was at our church. It was his first Sunday. And there was a law passed in Louisiana that if you committed a crime beneath the age of 18, that later on, it was 27 years later, you could be released if you had good behavior. And he happened to be at church that Sunday. And I got to meet this man, and he's led more people to Christ in prison than I've led outside of prison. Because God can change anybody. God can use anybody. God can take the most broken, messed up situation and make a miracle out of it if you say, yes, I will. So I'm talking and, and I'm blown away by this guy. And, and when I'm reading this, I think about this man that I met and the radical conversion. Saul turns to Paul, but there's a man that God used to speak to him. And his name is Ananias. This man received a word from God in Acts 9. I don't want you to miss this. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision. Ananias, I'm just telling you, if God said my name out of the clouds, I'd be freaked out. He said, yes, Lord. The Lord told him, go to the house on Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Paul. For he is praying in a vision. He has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man. He's like, hey, this dude's been killing people like me. And you're saying to go put my hands on him and pray for him? And he says, he's done so much harm to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he's come here with the authority to arrest all the people who call upon your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, 
This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and the people of Israel. I will show him how much he will suffer for my name. And then Ananias went to the house and he entered into it. Don't miss this. He placed his hands on Saul, who soon to be Paul. And he said, brother Saul, I'm sure he was shaking like, 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 I hope you don't kill me. You know, like, I think I heard God. Y'all know how that feeling when you think God told you to do something, but you're a little scared. He's got his hands on Saul. And he says that the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, he has sent me so that you may see again. He sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says immediately. Everybody say immediately. When God touches your life, he can change you immediately. Can we stop beating people up who were really jacked up and they get saved and they're trying to get their life together? Well, they need to probably figure some stuff out. No, God can change them immediately. What if the believer said, I will get in the middle of the mess. I'm not just gonna stare at it. I'm not just gonna cry about it. I'm not just gonna talk about it. I'm gonna be about it. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna do what God tells me to do. And this guy, he does it immediately. Something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. I'm sorry for yelling, baby. And he, and he could see again. And he got up and he was baptized. And he regained his strength. I just, this wasn't even in my notes, but I said, that, I just started thinking, there's some people just like Ananias in, in this room today. And God is calling you to be a key to unlock somebody else's potential. And if you would be bold and step out in faith and invite somebody to church, maybe on Easter is a good time. The statistics show that most people will say yes if you invite them. I'm talking about family members and friends. I'm not even saying the, the person, random person at the gas station. Invite them to Easter. Did you know that God could turn a key and unlock potential in their life? Y'all wanna know how many people Paul ended up leading to Christ? He's still doing it today. He, he wrote a large portion of the New Testament. He's rebuking and correcting and encouraging churches and he's standing in this house on this day and he's preaching and a young man falls out of the faith, falls out of a window and dies on impact he throws his life at something that matters to Jesus. And he says, there's life in you yet. There's life in you yet. I've learned there's two responses that you can have when it comes to, to, to alignment and reassignment. And this is option one. You can love and you can lead like Jesus, meaning that there's truth and grace. Because I've learned this, that it's really hard for somebody to argue with someone who's serving them. Like, you, you want to know how to make an impact? Serve people. You want to know how to get the gospel into all regions of the world? Serve people. It's really hard to argue with somebody who's feeding you. It's really hard to argue with somebody or think someone has bad intentions if they're meeting your physical needs first. We can't just go throw Jesus at everybody. Let's meet some needs. Y'all did that this week. I was, I was emotional. I had a little boy following me from house to house. He was translating for me in Springdale. He was eight years old. I didn't know how to ask, you know, I should have paid attention to Spanish one, two, and three. I didn't, okay? And he's helping me talk to people. And I was blown away. He's talking to these people. They were telling the needs. They, they're missing most of their roof. And God is moving. I believe people that were served in the last couple days will end up at this church at Easter. I just believe it. I be, and I'll, I'll look dumb for believing, but I believe it. It, it matters to God. So option one is to lead and to love like Jesus, but how many of you wanna know we often do what option two is? 
and we walk on eggshells. We walk on eggshells around our family members who are far from God. We walk on eggshells around the people who need Jesus the most. We walk on eggshells around our coworkers because we're afraid if we talk about our faith, we may offend them. What if you were a part of saving their life? What if you were a part of their marriage being restored? What, what if you were a part of, of them stepping into the things of God? I don't know about you, but I want some bold people, like as friends in my life, that if I get off track, they'll be the first person to talk to me about it. I don't want eggshell friends. <laughs> Anybody else? I want some bold people to make a move for Christ. So if y'all would go ahead and stand to your feet, we're about to sing another song and thank the Lord that we're not unloading a semi-truck right now. Um, we, we just thank you, Lord, for that forklift for, that drove over from Snapple, okay? In Jesus' name, bless Snapple today. Some of you in this room, you may be like Ananias, and you may be a key that unlocks somebody's potential. Would you be bold and step out in faith? Some of you may be like Eutychus, or you may know a Eutychus that has fallen out of the window of the church, maybe was hurt by the church. Maybe someone hurt them, abandoned them, or left them, or maybe they just fell asleep on the things of God. Could we be a person that loves them and wakes them back up? Could y'all just nod to let me know you're with me? Like, can we, can we do that? Maybe you're a Eutychus. Maybe you're here today, and you're like the people who were sitting in the church, and they had an emotional response. I don't think there's anything wrong with crying, but I do think there's something wrong with just crying. Can we be people who step out in faith? This is, a, this is a charge for us today. Or maybe some of you are like Paul and God got involved in your life. And I'm saying you were Saul, but man, somebody he sent somebody on a mission to witness to you and those scales fell off of your eyes. You began to be bold in your faith. This is my story. This is somebody was on a mission and I got saved and I am not turning back. I'm not turning back. We're about to sing a song and talk about the God of revival, awakening a city. I believe in Jesus' name that he is awakening this city. I believe it's not just the city on the hill. I believe it is, it is gonna be known as a beacon of hope, a beacon of light. People will hear Fayetteville and they hear Jesus. People will hear Northwest Arkansas. Be careful going to Northwest Arkansas, you're gonna get saved, right? Can that, can that be our motto and our cry? Can that be what we are about today? My, I wanna simply challenge us to take responsibility for this community. Can we do that? Can, can, when we see a need, can we be the first one to respond? I told a news anchor uh, several weird things this week. Um, they, they had the camera from my face. At one point I was just making noises. I was just like, duh. <laughs> and they said, why are y'all doing this? And I said, we just, this is who we are. This is what we do. A pastor told me one time, he said, if you're the first one to respond to pain, God will always bless it. Can we be that as a church? Let's pray. God, we love you. I pray if you would just wrap your arm around the person next to you. We're a family. God, I pray that you would just empower us today, that you would move in strength and power. God, I pray that you would breathe on this place. People who thought that you were done with them, would you show them you're not done with them? people that thought you had given up on them, maybe they've given up on themselves. Would you breathe life into them today? God, I pray that there would be new revelation, that there would be purpose and dreams and passion and things that come back to life today. I pray that scales would fall off of eyes, that people would see, 
that scales would fall off of ears and people would receive the word of God, that you would, heart, that you would, you would soften our hearts. People in this room, their heart has been hardened by the things of this world. Would you soften our hearts and speak to us today? Would you show us that you're not done with this region, that you've got work to do here? God, I pray that you would empower us today. Would everybody across the room, would you just say, Jesus, Jesus, we need you, we believe in you, we profess you, and every single opportunity that we get, we will make sure we represent you well. So God, I pray that you would move in our hearts today, that we would be bold and invite some people to Easter. God, if they come, I'm gonna preach the gospel. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my part. Could, could we have a church that, that does their part, that loves the community, that serves the community, and that invites them to be a part of what you're doing in this place? God, we cannot believe that we get to be a part of this, but thank you, God, for choosing somebody like us. In Jesus' name, amen.